watching The Breakdown with the fight analyst, Garrett Kerman. And welcome back to another episode of The Breakdown. I am the fight analyst, Garrett Kerman. And with us for this week's episode is none other than my man, the Kraken himself, Christian in Australia. What's up, man? How's it going? Uh, going good, brother. And, uh, and my most important part of this episode is happy birthday to you. So that's right oh, now thanks, the most man. important thing. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. But even though it's my birthday, we got to get in the podcast. Like always, Wednesdays, we try mm. to get it in as much as, poss- uh, as much as possible. Show must go on. And, you know, great show it is. We have you here helping us, uh, you know, break down some fights, make some money for our viewers, because uh, that's uh, the main goal here. But first, we got to talk about, let's have a little, uh, if you guys weren't aware, I will be joining this man over here uh, August 28th uh at 305 fights we'll be on the commentary team uh talking about the fights and i'm uh, super excited for that uh thanks to him you know we got this uh we got this little gig uh together also our man here will be fighting august 6th uh yes the date has changed from july to august 6th uh he will be fighting for titan fc live at the uh, intercontinental miami super stoked there but we got to know how's everything going, how's training been, what you've been up to. Uh, everything's been good. You know, I've been getting a lot of work in at Coconut Creek. I've been working a lot with uh, Mike Brown and Steve Mako. So that's been something I've been able to go to more. I've been having a little bit of car issues and stuff. I got that resolved. So uh, with the fight being pushed back four weeks, has been, you know, a little good in a sense. You know, I've been able to get more work in over there and get working with those guys and then work a lot more with my striking coach. So I feel like, you know, my all-around MMA game just, keeps improving and with these four weeks too you know it's a little more time to plan but other than that bro just training and uh watching fights and stuff you know pretty much just uh living the fire life that's, that's been pretty much it pretty boring stuff but it entertains me so well that's good man at least you're you know you're staying in shape yeah. you're ready to go no matter you know who the opponent is it's good that you're still you know getting in the good work with the guys over at uh america top team uh it's just you know, sky's the limit. I guess you're just pretty much uh, chomping at the bit, trying to, you know, ready, kind of anxious to get back in in there, right? Oh, yeah, man. Uh, you know, it's been since December, and I feel like I've made a lot of adjustments, like how we talked about last time, you know, especially working with the sports psychologist and, uh, you know, just getting even closer with my coaches and having a lot more of that one-on-one time. Because like how I told you last time, when my gym shut down, it was everybody kind of, like, spread out and everything kind of became chaotic and, the sessions were never like kind of set days and stuff like that. So I feel like there's a whole system that we have now and stuff. And I'm really happy about how everything's going. So that's great, man. That's, that's really good. And you know, while you were talking about how you're, you have a mental coach, how like mentally straining, you know, is this sport of MMA? Uh, I, I think for me, the most mentally straining thing, and it's, Funny enough, I'm going through it right now, and it's good. I feel like I have him. I think last year, the the biggest thing for me was, you know, during this whole COVID thing, my fights kept getting postponed, and it was one fight after the other. It went from me fighting in March to me fighting in April to me fighting in May to me fighting in June. And it just, I felt like I was in a never-ending camp the entire year, and I feel like one thing a lot of people don't realize is you have to be in a certain mindset when you have a fight coming up. And it's not a mindset you want to have 12 months a year, you know, especially it ends up burning you out and I, I didn't know anything about that and i felt like by the time it came time to me to fight i felt a little burned out you know i i would 
put my body through hell as far as training two, three times a day. Because I don't feel like anybody works harder than me. I feel like almost every fighter will say that, but I, I do feel like I try to leave no stone unturned when I get ready for a fight. And I feel like that takes a toll on the body. And when my fights would get postponed like three, four weeks, I wouldn't take a step back. I would just keep pushing and keep pushing and keep pushing. And I think mentally it was more draining than anything, more than the physical. And I feel like with him, I've, we've worked a lot of things like mentally just to be in a good headspace and to be able to know when to turn that switch on and when to turn it off, I think is one of the most important things because there's a certain switch that you have to have on when you're getting ready for a fight, but it's also important to not have that thing on 24 seven because you will get burned out. I think, you know, the biggest thing about this sport, it's like a marathon, not a sprint. I think especially if, like the way I view this sport, I want to be in this sport. So, you know, God willing, I'm like 40 or in my late 30s. So I have like a good 20 year career or close to 20 year career. So it's just learning how to kind of, manage it and kind of learn how to kind of ride the wave you know yeah definitely man i mean that must be crazy like you said on your mental you know you know having yeah. to go in and out of camp going from being relaxed to being super aggressive uh i i that uh, must be ex extremely tough uh, the reason why i kind of brought it up is because uh, i don't know if you saw in the uh, the tabloids and the mma media uh violent bob ross luis pena uh oh. getting arrested uh, after his uh, little tweet that came out about his mental is issues and how you know he's getting better and he's seeking help and other fighters should do the same, um, and he got arrested for domestic violence and and all that, having a gun saying he was suicidal and uh, a bunch of crazy stuff. So it's uh, you know it's uh, that's why I was kind of asking you about it, like how you know how the sport can possibly change a normal person to you know do something kind of chaotic like that so yeah you know i think it's just having that that balance you know and i, I think that's, that's something that you know I, I think a lot of times too like we're in a sport where like we don't like talking about i guess you know like we're in a sport where it's like like an alpha sport and you know you don't really want to sit here and say like i'm stressed or i feel nervous and things like that but for me like seeing a, a guy like george st pierre who to me that's the greatest of all time. I think you know, a lot of people are going to say have different opinions on who the greatest of all time is. But to me personally, I think to many others, that's the greatest of all time. And just hearing him talk about like how he would feel before fights and then even saying how like he started working on like a sports psychologist and stuff like that. It was something that, you know, I, I wanted to try just to kind of see what it was about. And I feel like the most mentally well that I feel like as far as in the sport, because I, I, I feel mentally well. As far as like being able to perform on fight night and learning how to kind of peak for fight night, not like feeling like this uh, feeling about you're about to fight 24-7 and knowing kind of how to peak on the night of the fight, I think that's one of the most important things in the sport. So. Yeah, I mean, I, I like I said, it must be super tough. Um, you know, everybody's got shit going on in their personal lives and, you know, they got to worry about fighting 24-7, staying in shape, cutting weight. It's just you know, a boatload of things going on. So, you know, when, you know, that those things kind of happen, it's, it's not kind of out of the blue in a way, but it is because, you know, as a fan, you really don't see these guys being as, you know, as malicious as people on the outside see them as. But when this thing yeah. kind of happened, when this thing kind of happens, you have the, the outsiders being like, well, I, mm, I kind of told you so, you know, you know, that they, they've kind of playing the example here. A cage fire beating up their, you know, their domestic partner, you know, but yeah, 
you know, it is what it is. But anyways, we're here to break down UFC Vegas 30. That's what we're here for, to make you guys a lot of money. Unfortunately, not coming off a great night last week. Kind of up and down. We uh, ended up even on the night. Bigger bets won, smaller bets lost, and, you know, kind of just piled up and, uh, you know, got to about zero, unfortunately. But we're looking to get that money back uh, this weekend, UFC Vegas 30. Ton of money to be made. Uh, we got heavyweights in the main event. Alexander Volkov, Cyril Gaon, going to be a great matchup, great stylistic striking matchup there. Uh, but let's first start on the preliminary card in the lightweight division between Yancy Maderos and Demir Hadsevich. Uh, right now, Hadsevich is a minus 150 favorite, and the comeback on Yancy Maderos is plus 122. Who do you got in this fight? I mean, this definitely is going to be a dogfight, I think, from the, the start to the finish. But I think right now, Yancey has been going through a little period of kind of like on and off performances. So I think I'm going to have to lean a little bit towards, what was the name again so I don't butcher it? Uh, Demir Hadzovich. Yeah, Demir Hadzovich. I've watched, I think, his last year, his last two fights, and he's looked real sharp. I think Yancey right now is a little bit on an up and down kind of swing. And I think I'm probably going to lean a little bit towards Demir on this one. Yeah, I'm I'm leaning towards Demir as well. I was, I was leaning towards him in the first time they were supposed to fight, uh, I believe, uh, two months ago. Um, but yeah, I just think he's a much more technical striker. Uh, he tends to only lose to grapplers, like we've seen in his last fight against uh, Anato Morikano, who you know subbed him in like a sub minute. <laughs> so it was kind of uh, yeah. you, you could kind of see the type of fighters that you know uh, really give troubles to Hadzovich and I don't think Yancey's gonna be that he'll have the volume advantage uh you know and he has a sizable five and a half reach advantage here too so he has that but I think you know the Hadzovich is gonna be chopping away at the legs uh he's gonna be coming forward he's gonna be throwing combinations he's gonna be getting the grill you know pushing the page pushing the pressure and uh I think he's gonna really lay it on Madeiros and pot he might even get a a knockout in this one too. So yeah, I'm taking a uh, heads of issue here. Minus 150. I think it's a decent line as well. All right. Next up, we have a fight at 145 pounds uh, between Charles Rosa and Justin James. Uh, Rosa's minus 170 favorite and the comeback on James is a plus 138 underdog. Who do you got? I mean, this fight, you know, is one of the ones I was talking to you about before the show. I think it's one of those fights I can really like, help you guys break down because you know, I trained with Charles Rosa at American Team Sunrise. Uh, I think in this, this is a very good matchup for him, in my opinion. I think, uh, especially with Justin James, you know, you kind of know what you get with him. He's kind of, he likes to fight. You know, he's going to dig, bite down the mouthpiece. He's going to throw heavy leather. He has a good guillotine. Uh, I think Charles, he's made some great adjustments. You know, I think the last two fights or the last, well, two out of three, uh, he's been out grappled a little bit and out wrestled a little bit. I think that's been the area where he struggled. I think he's Made some changes, you know, he's joining Sanford MMA. And also, um, before that, he was a little hesitant to kind of work the wrestling a little bit with, like, the neck injury that he had and stuff like that. But now, you know, he's feeling a lot more better as far as in that area. But I think on the feet, I think Charles Rosa just has more tools than Justin James. And I think Justin James does have a good guillotine. But I think Charles Rosa just has more ways to win this fight. And if I have to lean towards it, I think Charles Rosa is probably going to win a decision. That's probably how I see this fight going, honestly. Yeah, I think 
I think this is a great matchup for Rosa, to be honest with you. Uh, we've, we've seen Rosa go into dog fights. Um, you know, he's gone the, the distance with Yair Rodriguez. Uh, it took Shane Burgos almost, you know, the entirety of the fight to finish Rosa. Uh, Rosa's really, really tough. And we've seen James. He's pretty much a, a one-punch knockout type of fighter. That's what he's trying to do. He's trying to land, you know, that one heavy shot that will put you down, set you down. I just don't see that happening uh, against Rosa. And I, we've seen James fade time and time again after round one. So as long as Rosa makes him work, Rosa doesn't get taken down. He should win this fight. Clear his day in rounds two and three, if not round one as well. I think we're getting a great spot here. Minus 170. I think that's a great line. Uh, anything under minus 200, definitely playable. Two, three units. You're going to make a good type of money on Rosa. I'm, uh, I'm fairly confident in this play. I really am. So, yeah, I'm going to go with him. Next up, we got a fight. At 135 pounds in the women's bantamweight division between Julia Avila and Julia Stolyarenko. Uh, uh, right now, the Raging Panda is minus 355 favorite, and Julia is a plus 270 underdog. What do you got? Uh, this fight, to be honest, I haven't seen too much of of the opponent, the underdog right now, so I think in this one, I'm probably going to have to lean towards the favorite on this one. Yeah, I'm I'm going Raging Panda. Uh, Julia Solarenko, majority. I'm pretty sure all nine of her wins have been by armbar. Pretty sure oh. all nine of her wins have been by armbar. So, and Julia Villa has never been submitted. Uh, she went and grappled against uh, Sajara Eubanks, who is, you know, obviously Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu world champion, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt, really high-level stuff on the ground. She was taken down. She was controlled, but never gave up position to uh, to get submitted. So that was, you know, impressive. Income Julia, she, her stand-up is Chase Hooper-esque bad when it comes to that. <laughs> um and she's pretty much a suburb bus type of fighter. She's got to pull guard. As long as uh, Avila just doesn't give up an arm, she should win this fight. You know, clear as day. Um, you know, I really don't like minus 355, especially on uh, a women's MMA fight. Anything could really happen. Uh, but I do think Avila should win this fight all day. It's, I mean, she couldn't ask for an easier fight. Let's be honest. All right. Next up. We have a fight at light heavyweight uh, between Mar Marcin Procneo and Isaac Ike Villanueva. Uh, right now, Procneo is a minus 215 favorite, and the comeback on Villanueva is a plus 172 underdog. Who do you got? Uh, to be honest, I have not seen any of these two in this one, so I'll probably sit this fight out just to be honest on this one. Ah oh, man. Um. All right. So Procneo, he's one in three in his UFC stint. Uh, last fight he won against Kildare Roundtree. Kind of impressive. Uh, but you know what you're getting from Roundtree is pretty much uh one round of cardio. Showed it there. He uh was extremely gassed rounds two and three. In comes Ikeville in the way, but he does have cardio. He's you know he's one of those Mexican type fighters. Super tough, super hard to really get out of there. Uh, coming down to two hundred five, he got he got a win against Vinicius Morea. He looked really good. He got the knockout win there. Uh, I think this is going to be a a pretty good slugfest between these two. It's going to be back and forth. I kind of see some 
uh, some value on Ike Villanueva plus 172. I, I really, really wouldn't lay the juice at minus 215 of Rocknio. I think Ike Villanueva has a chance to hang in there, you know, and just throw caution to the wind, go volume for volume against Procneo. Um, and, you know, Ike Villanueva is going to be coming forward. So Procneo is going to need a ton of those leg kicks to keep him at distance. And I think Villanueva is just going to land the heavier shots, land more volume, and possibly even take him out. Uh, all three of Procneo's losses have been by knockout in his UFC stint. So I'm um, taking the dog here and Ike Villanueva plus 172. All right, next up, we have a fight at 170 pounds between Worley Alves and short notice replacement Jer- Jeremiah Wells at plus 198. Who do you got in this one? I've seen a little bit of Jeremiah Wells, but I'm really going to have to say, I think Worley Alves is one of those guys that he's one of the dark horses in the division, in my opinion. I think if he can get a couple more things together, I think he can be pretty problematic in this division. I think. He has a lot of weapons, and I think in this fight, I'll probably favor Wardy Alves for sure. Yeah, this is an interesting fight. Um, Jeremiah Wells hasn't fought since 2019, but he's been on the UFC's radar for quite some time. So it was pretty much, uh, you know, he was just waiting for the call. He was getting ready to fight Miguel Baeza last last year, um, and I'm not sure who pulled out, but, you know, one of the two pulled out there. Um, but he's a, he's a really good a wrestler, uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt under Hans, uh, Daniel Gracie at uh, Hanzo Gracie in Philadelphia. So he trains with uh, Sean Brady over there. So you know you're going to get a really good grappler coming into this fight. Uh, Worley Alves, he looked like a brand new fighter in his last fight against uh, Muniz Lazez. I think he he look, he came out bad out of hell, um, you know, and threw caution to the wind and just went for the knockout, and he was able to just crack, yeah. Uh, but uh unis and you know put him down so it's 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 good to be uh it's, i think it's gonna be a really good fight but i feel like there's some value in jeremiah wells at plus 198 he's never been finished in as an amateur he's never been finished as a professional he's got the you know the grappling advantage i think he's going to be able to you know get the the takedowns i don't think he has the jiu-jitsu advantage i think warley alvis is you know a higher level of a black belt but uh, I do think Wells's jiu-jitsu will be on full display into containing and holding Alves down on the mat. And I think he's going to be landing the heavier shots. Alves will be gassing uh, possibly midway through the second round if Wells comes out and starts grappling heavy. Uh, we'll see what happens, but I think there's some value on Wells at plus 198. I just wouldn't lay minus 250 on Alves. I was going to take him in his... Uh, in the fight, bef- you know, before this, but unfortunately, you know, now in comes Wells, and I think Wells has the skills to pull off the upset. Uh, last time I took two UFC debuters, uh, and they came in and cashed for us as underdogs. So one was plus two hundred, uh, and one was plus one to forty. That was RoboCop, and uh, the I forgot the other guy's name, but oh, Kamuela Ka- Kirk. So. Those two guys cashed in. I think we might cash in another one here, plus 198. Next up, we have a fight. This is a, a fight I'm really looking forward to in a welterweight division between Shavkat Rachmanov and Michelle Prezeris. Uh, Rachmanov is a minus 265 favorite, and Prezeris, uh in his return fight after being popped for PEDs by USADA. 
uh, to your layoff is plus 210. Who do you got? I believe Shawcock, he fought the night of Khabib and Gaethje, right? That he submitted the the Brazilian cowboy, I believe. Is yeah. that him? I think so, yeah. Yeah, I've, I've, yeah, I've, I've watched a lot of uh, Michelle Pereira, too. Um, but I, I think definitely in this fight, I'm really impressed with Shawcock, and I'm definitely going to lean towards Shawcock. And I think, to be honest, I think he's just better than him everywhere. And I think he pretty much is going to dictate kind of how he wins the fight. But I'm, I'm going to lean towards Shawcock on this one. Yeah, Shawcock is easily my favorite bet on the card by yeah. a long shot by a long shot i mean you got michelle Prezeris, uh he's giving up he's giving up seven inches of height 11 inches of reach uh or 10 inches of reach in this fight uh Prezeris obviously should not be fighting at 170 he's a midget uh, he's even he's even tiny for 155 uh but you know he's a one-trick pony he's gonna try to take you down and he's gonna try to submit you it's not going to happen in this fight. Uh, it's not going to happen off the PEDs. Uh, there was a reason why he was jacked to the gills his entire career. Um, and that's why. Uh, you know, coming off the, the juice, I don't think he's going to be, you know, as athletic as he was. He's also pushing 40 years old. And you know what I love to do? I love, love, love to fade old Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu fighters. Damian Maia was the last one. Jacare Souza before that. Um uh, who else? Uh, Alexei Olenek just last week. Fade old Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu fighters, and you will be successful in MMA betting. Uh, and it's going to stay true here. Rachmanov is a true, legit prospect. Uh, and he's going to be 14-0 in the, in his career. He's still undefeated. He's going to be 14-0 after this win. So, yeah, take uh, take Shakhtar Rachmanov uh, to the bank and cash out. I mean, minus 265, I think that's a gift. I think he should be around where uh, Julia Vila is or even better than that, to be honest. All right. Next up, we have a fight in the light in the heavyweight division, light heavyweight division uh, between Kennedy and Chukwu and Chukwu and Chukwu, I think, and Danilo Marquez. It's basically a pick and fight. Kennedy's taking this fight on short notice, minus 115, and to come back on. Danilo Marquez minus one hundred five. Who do you got? And this is uh, I can definitely see why it's a pick 'em fight between these two guys. Uh, I definitely feel like they match up both very well with each other. But I think just based off, you know, kind of Kennedy taking a short note, I'm probably gonna lean towards Danilo on this one. I think just having the full camp. I think, in my opinion. Yeah, I I, I agree. Uh, it pretty much boils down to if Danilo can take this fight to the mat. I think he can. I think at one point he should be able to drag it to the mat. Trains out of a really good camp in Kings MMA, so he's been really leveling up his uh, his you know takedowns, obviously, with Marvin Vittori there, Kelvin Gasolum, uh, you know, fighters like that. Uh, he's been training jiu-jitsu with Damian Maya and... Uh, and who else over Kings? Oh yeah, and uh, Brunil Dariush. So his his jujitsu is pretty high level, and he's shown that over his time. His grappling is his strong suit. And um, the thing is with Kennedy, I've I've seen in his fight against Darko Stosic, uh, he tends to go on all fours when he tries to get up, you know. And I feel if he turns his back to Danilo, he's just gonna jump on it and you know get the hooks in and and, and just find the neck and choke him out. I think he's worlds better on the mat than Kennedy is than him on the feet. Uh, you know, uh, Danilo does still have some knockouts under his name, so he's not completely terrible on the feet. And he's a big dude. He's you know six foot six, so 
I don't think the the reach is going to be playing too much of a factor if you know if it was like Kennedy taking on Stosic. So uh, I think Danilo should be able to take this to the mat at some point, and then he'll just be able to keep Kennedy on the mat. And uh, so minus one five, I think you're still getting a good line there. I know Kennedy's going to have the striking advantage, but I think the grappling advantage is going to be better in this one. All right. Next up, we have a fight. Our first fight on the main card is a fight at 155 pounds between Hanato Morikano and Jai Herbert. Morikano is a minus 230 favorite, and the comeback on Herbert is a plus 184 underdog. Who do you got? I think here, especially just being a my, minus 230 favorite, I'm definitely going to lean towards Moicano. I know he had, he had a tough outing in his last fight, and he fought probably one of the best strikers in the lightweight division, period. But I think Moicano all around is probably one of the best guys. I think he has some of the best grappling. And he, his wrestling is leveling up, and I think the striking is only getting better. But I really think Moicano in this fight could probably win by submission, I think, in my opinion. Yeah, I feel like he's gonna need to mix in the takedowns here uh jai herbert does have a a sizable five inch reach advantage he uses it pretty well uh he was able to you know knock down francisco trinaldo in his last fight so he's got some pop you know into in his hands uh i think believe nine of it or all 10 of his wins are by knockout if i'm not mistaken so he does got pop that leads me to a little bit of concern with morikano he's been finished in each of his last three losses it's not very good. And, uh, you know, thinking about moving up in weight was really going to help his chin. Definitely did not help at all. Uh, so he's going to really need to use those calf kicks against the really skinny legs of Jai Herbert and just keep hammering those uh, and then eventually take him to the mat. He's he, That's where he's better by, you know, a pretty good margin. He's a jiu-jitsu black belt. So if, as long as he fights smart and doesn't get into a firefight, you know, it's his, it's his fight all day. But once he starts trading with Jai Herbert, oof, that's when things are going to get dicey. That's why I'm kind of reluctant to play him at minus 230. Um, maybe you can look at a bet by submission. You might get some good odds there. And um, But that's the only way I can really play him. Minus 230 is a little bit too steep. I do think he comes, comes out victorious. It's going to be a little dicey at, at times. Uh, but And I feel like he's going to get rocked. But I think he's going to be able to drag this fight to the mat at some point and just wear on Herbert and pretty much just take him out, get a rear naked choke. All right. Next up, we have a fight at 170 pounds between Tim Means and Nicholas Dalby. Means is the minus 152 favorite, and the comeback on Dalby is a plus 124 underdog. Who do you got? Oh, man, I didn't even know this fight was on the card. This this has to be one of my favorite fights on the card now. Yeah, I mean, this uh, is a really good fight. Yeah, I mean, both guys come to scrap for sure. But uh, this is a tough one to pick. But I think I'm probably going to have to go with Tim Means. I, I, I like I like a lot, a lot of the stuff that Tim Means does. I think he's, you know, a little – I believe he has a reach advantage in this fight. I, I believe he's really – I don't know. I just think he's a little bit of the better striker in this fight. I think uh, Dalby's a little more of the broader. Yeah, I'm probably going to have to go with Tim Means on this one. I think he'll probably get a decision win here. This is, a, this is a really good fight. Uh, they were both supposed to fight completely different fighters. Tim Means had Danny Roberts last week. Nicholas Dalby has Sergey Kondoshkov, uh, Sergey Kondoshko, uh, this week. So both opponents fell through. Now they're fighting each other. Uh, so you know you got that you know short north stature coming into this fight. 
Tim Means, he throws a lot of volume. He's but he's very, very boxic, boxing centric into his strikes. Doesn't throw a ton of leg kicks. Um, and then you're then Tim Means has to go from a Danny Danny Roberts type of striker with no grappling skills to Nicholas Dalby, who's a karate style type fighter and has some you know grappling skills to boot. I think it's going to be tougher on Tim Means and it is going to be Dalby uh, taking this fight on short notice uh, because Dalby fights t- guys like Tim Means all the time. He fought Daniel Rodriguez, who's you know a carbon copy of the same type of fighter. Two gritty guys, throws a ton of boxing techniques, one, two, uses their range very well, throws a ton of volume. So he knows what he's coming into in this fight with Tim Means. I don't think Means has a ton of power in his punches. And I think, you know, Dolby being able to use his kicks, keep the fight at distance, Means is not going to be able to get in and use his boxing as much. Uh, Dolby uh, switches stances very well. Uh, the leg kicks are going to come into a play big time. And then at the end of the day, Dolby's going to mix in some takedowns. Uh, we've seen Mike Perry take him down and control him for over three minutes on the mat. If Dolby lands a takedown, you know, per per round, he could probably win this fight. I think he can eke out another decision win, just like he kind of did against Daniel Rodriguez in his fight. And uh, I was trying to tell people, I, uh, you know, Rodriguez was going to be the mush of the week in uh, of that fight. I just had a really bad feeling that you know, being at such a massive favor at minus three hundred on short notice is just not, just doesn't seem feasible. And uh, I'm taking Dolby and another short notice spot. At plus one twenty four here. All right. Next up, we got. This is a great fight. This is this is going to be a barn burner uh, in the featherweight division between Andre Feely and Daniel Pineda. Uh, Andre Feely is a minus two thirty favorite, and the comeback on Pineda is a plus one eighty four underdog. Who do you got? I really like Feely in this matchup. I think uh, Feely. Yeah, um, yeah. I just see all around. Yeah, I probably got Feely on this one. I feel uh, I I I have Philly as well. I think he I think he does look better in this fight than others. I do think it's going to be dicey uh, in the first round, round and a half. Uh, Pineda throws hard, hard punches. Uh, I feel like Philly's going to get tagged in 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 the early portion, but I do think that uh, Pineda is going to fade after round one. Philly should. Uh, be able to pick him apart towards the the later rounds, possibly, you know, get some takedowns. He's got really underrated wrestling. <laughs> Garrick and the weed smokers keep losing. Can Philly break the streak? Uh, I think Philly can break the streak. <laughs> I really do. Uh, Andre Philly is, uh, he's tough. Uh, he's, you know, he's got wrestling. He's got, you know, he's got some really good boxing. It just, he, he needs to keep out of the, the power of Pineda and just wear him down and just wear him down. Uh, kind of like Cub Swanson did. Um, you know, Pineda has really heavy leg kicks, so that's going to play a big factor early on in this fight. But if he's able to check them and keep out of range and just jab at him, uh, uh, you know, he's got a five-inch reach advantage. So if he uses that reach really well, you know, some teep kicks, some leg kicks, some jabs, jab straights, keep them out at range, keep him away from the leg kicks, keep him away from the power right hand. I think Feely should be able to take this take this fight. And I hope he does win because I've been a you know a big fan of Feely for, for a while now. Um 
So, yeah, I'm taking Fiori here, minus 230. It's not a fight that I really want to bet on because I really don't like the line. And I feel like it, you know, Pineda does have his chances of getting a knockout. So, uh, I'd rather just sit and watch the fight. That's going to be an absolute barn burner. Maybe take the under two and a half rounds. That's not a bad bet. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, actually, that's one of my favorite bets on this fight. The under two and a half rounds right now, I believe it's around plus 105, minus, minus 115. It's about even money. I think that's a great bet. Uh, I'm pretty sure Pineda has not gotten to a decision in forever or not at all. So he either gets a finish or he, get, or he gets finished. Under two and a half rounds, if you got it, bet it. I think that's a great bet. Take that to the bank. All right. Next up, we have a fight. Oh, this is a great fight, too, man. This, this card is going to be insane. Uh, in the bantamweight division between Ronnie Bar Barcelos and Timur uh, Valiev. Right now, Barcelos is a minus 230 favorite, and Valiev is a plus 184 underdog. Who do you got? Man, Barcelos has been a guy that I've been talking about a lot lately as far as like guys that are up and coming and i think are gonna make a splash in the division uh i just think man he's a great grappler i mean he has he has some good takedowns he has some great striking i think he's big for the weight class too i think as long as his weight cut goes smooth because i think that's the only issues he's had a little bit because he is pretty big for the weight class but i think man i think he's a future top five future champion so yeah i'm definitely gonna go with barcelos in this fight yeah, man. You know, I really wanted to take Valiev as a plus 184 underdog, but man, you can't. Barcelos is the truth. He's nasty. He yeah. is so good. He's so well-rounded, too, in every aspect. You know, he's beaten some really good competition. Uh, so he's battle-tested. Uh, unfortunately, he's, you know, he's 34 years old. So, you know, not giving him a ranked opponent is really doing a disservice here because we're not seeing him really progress in the rankings. We're seeing him face another another top prospect. So Barcelo should be fighting someone ranked right now so he can start climbing the ladder to final title contention. Right now, being unranked, fighting another ranked fighter, he might, he might, might get, you know, number 15 at the most. And then he's... It depends on when he gets another fight. He he might be even two years or a year and a half out of possibly getting a title contention if you know if he riles off so many wins. That's the only thing. But I think Barcelos is you know a great prospect. You know he's great everywhere. He's striking. He's got power. You know he's got the wrestling. He's got the jujitsu. And you know he's sixteen and one for a reason. He's been running through everybody. I think he's about four and zero in the UFC. The dude is absolutely killing it. Uh, Valiev, you know, he's good as well. He was one of the top prospects coming into, um, you know, his UFC debut. He got starched uh, in a comeback win, uh, you know, in that in that fight, unfortunately. But then he came back and absolutely dominated Martin Day uh, at 145 pounds. So that was very impressive. But I think he's just outmatched here pretty much everywhere. Uh, you know, Mark Barcelos is going to be the bigger fighter. I believe he's going to be the one landing the heavier shots. And I don't see Valley of being able to take him down. That's the only thing that may happen. Valley may take him down for short periods of time. But I think Barcelos should be able to get back up and just pretty much put it on Valley of and, uh, you know, wear him out and take him out towards the later portion of the round of it, the fights. So I got Barcelos minus two thirty. I think I still think at minus two thirty, you're still getting a, a pretty good line there. I think he probably should be even a heavier favorite. I think they're giving too much stock into Valley of coming into this fight. All right, so we're up to our co-main co-main event 
of the evening in the heavyweight division between Tanner Bozer and Ovin St. Uh Tanner Bozer taking this fight on about a week's notice at minus 176, and Ovin St. Prue stepping up to heavyweight to take on Tanner Bozer in about a week's notice at plus 142. Who do you got? Man, I think I've been a little disappointed lately with OSP. I think there's been a lot of inconsistency kind of in his game and stuff, but I'm not a fan of him fighting a heavyweight. I mean, I know last time he was a heavyweight, he was probably fighting one of the biggest heavyweights in Ben Rothwell, but I just don't think heavyweight is good for him. I think anywhere that he's going to do something would be a 205, and I think even with Tanner Bowler kind of taking this on short notice, I think even the line being only minus 176, I think Tanner Bowser is most like, I think I see him winning this fight. I see him even probably finishing Open St. Prue. I just, I don't know. I don't like Open St. Prue a heavyweight, and that for me is the biggest factor that I just think Tanner Bowser is probably going to get the win here. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm very confident in Bowser. I, I bet against Bozer on Ilya Latifi as a you know a big underdog and I cashed in and I kind of knew it was a bad matchup but you got Ovin St. Prue he hasn't had a takedown since 2019 he's not agile uh he doesn't have great cardio and he's fighting a heavyweight on short notice last heavyweight fight he got pretty much pieced up by Ben Rothwell for 15 minutes and then they were just hugging each other hugging each other in the third round <laughs> to just you know skate on by because both of them had absolutely no cardio Tanner Bozer is gonna be able to strike all day with Ovin St. Prue, stay on the outside and just, you know, pick him apart. You know, this guy doesn't get touched. Uh, I don't, you know, Bozer's not going to get clipped. So it pretty much comes down to as long as he keeps his fight standing, he wins the fight. Like, clear as day. He finally is going to get a fight that he wins on the judges' scorecards and not get fucked here. He's finally getting back into the win column. He's going to cash in. He's going to win on the judges' scorecards as well. He's going to get it. I know he hasn't been training too much because of the quarantine in Canada, but I don't really think that's going to be a, a major factor. He's taking fights on about a week's notice over in Russia, so it's not not anything new to him. I think he comes in, finally gets back into the win column. And like I said, Ovin St. Peru at heavyweight on short notice, not good. He was not ready. He's not built for a heavyweight fight on short notice. The dude's already slow. He already has gas issues, uh, and he's not going to be throwing a ton of volume. I'm pretty sure Tanner Bozer might outstrike him by three times as many strikes if he doesn't finish him. So I'm um, very confident Bozer getting a win here. All right, we're finally up to our main event. This would be a this would be a great fight. I'm I'm really looking forward to it. It's finally a fight that I'm lo looking forward to. Cyril Gaon showing us what he can do. Uh, it's a fight at a heavyweight division between Cyril Gaon and Alexander Volkov. Cyril Gaon is a minus 172 favorite and come back on Alexander Volkov, the plus 140 underdog. Who do you got? Man, this is a tough one because Volkov, you know, he looked really good in the Overeem fight. And, you know, he's looking sharp on the feet. You know, he has heavy power, but, you know, like most heavyweights do. But I've been really impressed with Gaon. I think a lot of people thought his fight with uh, Rosenstrike was a little boring, but I was pretty impressed with the way he was able to switch stances, kind of make Rosenstrike miss. I think that kind of movement at heavyweight, you don't really see a guy being able to fluently go from righty to southpaw. He has some pretty decent takedowns, you know, some good striking, very elusive. And I think in this fight, I think with Volkov, I think that's going to be the deciding factor. I just think Gon just has a lot, a lot of more weapons, I think. Uh, Volkov, you know, he always has that power factor and that one-shot, you know, kind of factor in it. But I think Gon's going to mix up this fight a lot. And I see Gon winning this fight, to be honest. Yeah, I've been uh, 
I've been really tossing and turning when it comes to this fight. Uh, yeah, you know, this is this is um, pretty much the the biggest fight of Gon's career. Just pretty much a title contender fight. I would I would say uh, he's only eight and zero. He's going against you know Volkov, who you know he's got forty one fights. That's that's a lot more fights. That's a lot more fights. You know, he's got so much yeah. more experience. Uh, you know, he's he's finding a guy that has 80 inch reach. He's got he's finding a guy that's six foot seven. You know, th- those are things that he's never had to deal with. He's never had to deal with, a, you know, extremely long, you know, fighter that had, that can kick the way he does. That can throw, you know, punches the way he does. So that's going to be, you know, something he's never had to do. Uh, you know, he's definitely, I think, going to be the more athletic fighter. He's going to be the more He's definitely going to be quicker. He's going to be more agile. That's for sure. All of that. And he's going to be, he's going to need to do that for 25 minutes and, and pretty much stay out of the reach of Volkov. Volkov at 265 now has got some serious fucking power. You know, his last two fights have been 265 pounds. He's put on a ton of muscle, a ton of uh, mass since the, the Curse Blades fight. Uh, where he was at 245 pounds. So he added 20 pounds of muscle. And he's been knocking dudes the fuck out. Wall Harris got knocked the fuck out. Overeem got knocked the fuck out. So this is gonna be a tough fight. I'm looking forward to see what Zero Gone is made of. But I feel like I gotta stick to my guns here, and I gotta go with Alexander Volkov a plus one forty. I've been a fan of Volkov. I mean, I think the last fight he lost was Derek Lewis, and he was dogging Lewis for fourteen minutes and forty five seconds of that fight. It wasn't even close. And then he got, you know, got that knockout from hell. I believe that was his, oh yeah, that and Curse Blades. And the Curse Blades is one off, you know, because Curse Blades is a one one type of fighter that, you know, there's no fighter in the heavyweight division that's going to take you down 14 times. You know, just no, there's no one. Yeah. So uh, when it comes to Volkov, he's going to be able to strike with the best. I think he's one of the best strikers in the heavyweight division. So, you know, Gon can prove me wrong and show me that, you know, he is the real deal and he is the next title contender or Volkov shows him that, you know, there's levels to this shit, you know, granted God's only eight. No. And his best win was, is Rosenstruck who didn't throw an ounce of volume at all. He didn't throw back. So we'll see. We'll see what happens there. Again, God wins. Garrett, don't do it, bro. <laughs> he's not yeah. missing. the. He's not missing the protein shakes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know, man. Gon is uh, you know, Gon's a freak athlete, and we've seen it. He was a top prospect coming in at only three and oh. I'm looking at that now. Five and oh, he went five and oh, and now he's pretty much in title contention with just five wins, just eight wins in his entire professional mixed martial arts career. And he's in title contention against Alexander Volkov, who it has 41 fights to his name. So that's um that's a lot. So we'll we'll see what happens. I'm super stoked for that fight. Uh, we're looking to make money this weekend. UFC Vegas 30. That's our breakdown for, for this week's podcast. Uh, but my man, before we go, if you have anybody to shout out, time, the floor is yours. Say, you know, where everybody can find you on social media as well. It's all yours, my man. Uh, you know, like I always say, uh, always my long, my long time sponsor, and I always tell you guys, hey, you know, I think sometimes hey, we might sleep in a bad position at night, wake up with a sore neck. You know, we might be sitting, you know, long hours in an office, you know, and have a little bit of 
back pain and stuff like that. So, you know, I think everybody could use, you know, a chiropractor sometimes. So I think if you're ever in the Pembroke Pines area, I think uh, ChiroFit Pines is your guy. So if you're ever in that Pembroke Pines area, ChiroFit Pines, I think, is the guy you should check out. Uh, and if you guys want to follow me and stay up to date on, like, my fights and stuff like that, on Instagram, my name is uh, Christian with CH underscore Y28. And uh, on Facebook, my last name is Christian Inastria. Uh, like always, like I always say on every episode, you know, my last name is uh, Tongue Twister. So the last name is Y-N-A-S-T-R-I-L-L-A. And yeah, guys, you know, I'm just check me out there. You know, I'm looking to stay active, you know, um, and I want to fight all of it. And I'm, I'm excited. I hope, you know, August 6th, we get the show rolling. And after that, just look to stay active after that. And uh, always thank you to you, Garrett. You know, I think you're the man, bro. And I think, hey, you guys on this show listening to his bets, you know, I think he makes a lot of good bets and he's going to keep your bank accounts pretty happy. So, so just keep, you know, listening to him and, and uh, recommending people to look at his show too. I appreciate it, man. Thank you so much for coming on. As always, we, we love having you on. We love, uh, you know, your insight and everything. We love following your journey and, you know, and all that good stuff. So I appreciate you as always. Uh, and everybody, you know where to find me at uh, Fight Analyst LLC, Twitter, the Fight Analyst LLC, Instagram, and Fight Analysts on Facebook. Get my packages for UFC Vegas 30, for Bellator, for PFL. We're making a comeback. PFL kind of slaughtered my ass last week. I'm coming back with a vengeance. Going to cash in a ton of money this week. So head over to thefightanalyst.com. Get my packages today. And with that said, we will see you all cashing out at the ticket window. Until next time, you guys have a great night. See ya.